Welcome to the first episode of the GEA Performance Podcast, where each week we'll talk to a player or a coach or a manager and different experts in their fields to dig deeper into what it is the top teams and the top players are doing to perform at the highest level. So let's get started with our first guest, who is speed training coach, Martin Bennett. I worked with Martin myself several years ago, and one of the things that makes him such an effective coach, but also perfect for a podcast, is he's an excellent communicator. And he told us about his time working with teams such as the Waterford Hurlers and the kind of results he had there, what a speed session with him looks like and entails. And likewise, talk to us about the work he's done with individuals such as Bonner Matter and Tony Griffin. He worked with both of those on their breakout all-star seasons on a one-on-one basis. And he's worked with the likes of Aaron Galan, Paddy Clifford. He talks about the skill of speed, misconceptions around speed and how to get faster. He tells us about his coaching philosophy and how it has roots in his background in hurling, the army, boxing and sprinting. So it wasn't easy getting Martin. He's a very busy man. He's working with the Offaly Hurlers, the Miners, the Under-21 Tipperary Hurlers and a raft of GAA club teams. So uh, really appreciated his time. But also, I really hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you learn from it as much as I did in putting it together. Thanks a million for joining us, Martin. I know you're flat out every evening with the with the teams at the moment. Yeah, it's been hard to get uh, nailed down the time, but as always, you're persistent. So when you're persistent, it'll happen in the end. It's good to be here. Thanks as your first guest. I'm privileged. No, not at all. Now we're we're very lucky to have you, and and um, I suppose one of the things with this podcast that I wanted to have with all of the guests was for them to wear a jersey or a, a top that had some kind of a, a special meaning or a special story behind it. And you're wearing the Waterford, the Waterford top. Uh, why did you go for that? Yeah, it's the kind of training top from the first season, which is why it's a bit snug now with fitting me in the first season. Um, but, you know, just I suppose it was Waterford that kind of got my name out there and kind of put me on the map for the speed training and you know, a lot of credit has to go to them for that because they were naturally quite quick anyway. And I just, to be honest, it's something I'm very proud of working with them, mostly because how they went about their business. Um, I thought they were so brave and they played a game that wasn't very defensive. They were quite offensive, uh, defensively responsible, but really offensive minded and just so brave, uh, so many brave hurlers down there, brave personalities. Me and you often talk about Austin Gleason, and you know, he's probably one of the favorite hurlers I've ever worked with himself and Brian Carroll. And like what you said about Austin, you know, it's so true. Like he's one of the bravest hurlers, the amount of people that would try change him, let it be coaches or pundits all over the country the last few years trying to change him. And he just still goes out and he's Austin Gleason. And no, no more proof than that in uh, than the last game. Remember the? Did you see the last minute free? To yes, the game. Yeah. It was who was it against? Was it Leicester Dublin? In the, this year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was the last minute free, and anyone would have tapped it over just to level the game. Like in Austin sees a hold on, we might get a goal here, and that kind of bravery, like uh, throwing caution to the wind. Jeez, if we had more of that, wouldn't it be such an exciting game? You know, so, so yeah. safety first. Yeah. Safety yeah, first yeah. and Austin's just Austin, yeah. So that's that's that, top. That stuff's in, that stuff is really inspiration. Like whether you're you're watching it, it transcends watching it obviously and in the stands and in on the TVs. Obviously when you're on a sideline or if you're on the field with someone like that, like that's the 
that's the guy you're looking towards. But uh, I think can, we can have a podcast about about Austin Gleeson alone yeah. and the, the, uh, the, the personality is. Yeah, and just that, like before we finish on him, I, I think he's really coming into his own these days. It's like he's stopped apologising for who he is. Like I've heard a few of his latest podcasts. And like I thought for years there, he was it really affected him all the kind of negative attention and pundits picking his game apart and change, trying to change this and that. And these days, he's just he's gone. He's just so comfortable in his own skin, and it's shown really shown his performances. Looking really forward to seeing him this year again. Yeah, I always think of like someone like him. If you think of like when Steven Gerrard was playing, the conversation before every game at Liverpool was, you know, is he better on the right or off the striker? He can't really play centre midfield. Uh, and do the basic role are they better off without him when he, when they might win a game or two when he was injured and like the end of the day like he it's only when someone like that is gone that you fully really really appreciate how generational yeah. they are because yeah they're, they they don't fit but that's what makes them so so special but um yeah i suppose uh, the first question i wanted to ask you because like uh as as uh, absolutely fundamental sprinting is to the game um a lot of people might ask, you know, what exactly is it you're doing with teams and individuals? So I wanted to ask you, what what does a sprint session with Martin Bennett look like? Whether it's individual or a team, like what, what would a session uh, look like? Okay, well, I suppose the first thing is it changes. It changes, like the initial kind of session, there's a lot of learning and it can take up to kind of 40 minutes, the first session, maybe the next night, 30, 25, until you end up with what I love, a 15 minute warm slash speed session and I think that's so important like um when I train a team now with clubs or that mostly like I don't do any bands I don't do any stretching like everything's within the warm-up there's a bit of ballistic stretching dynamic stretching within the warm-up uh but I don't separate them like it's, it's drills to warm up and it's sprint drills and drills that are done like pure deliberate practice like not just how oh, we done three sets of high knees three sets of heel recovery like trying to make each one better than the last and real zoned in on it um and it, in the end then it's down to 15 minutes which three times a week is 45 minutes of speed and then it's within the warm-up so to me there's there's no time wasted and i think the time is so precious like i can't i just can't uh i don't know I just can't understand, like, or I, I wouldn't be able to do it to do 15 minutes of bands, 15 minutes of activation, 15 minutes of, and, and not getting better at anything. Like, like if someone's coming back from an injury and they have to rehab, I understand that, like, do, do all of the rehab. But when you're ready to go, like, you're a human, you're full of power, full of everything you need to survive on the earth. Like, I just think if you're ready to go, if you got the all clear from the rehab, Let's go. Let's develop you as an athlete. Let's push your limits. So mm. that 15 minute, that's what it would turn. It would become a 15 minute uh, speed session slash warm up three times a week. And I, it doesn't change much, you know. Um, yeah. and, and then starting with drills, one or two plyos, a few strides then working on efficiency and mechanics really. And then a few max speed runs at the end, two to three a night. Yeah, yeah. And what would be the kind of drills that you would that you would be doing there? Like you were saying, it kind of would be basic enough stuff. Um, but just done very well. Yeah, that's the difference. See, they're so basic, but done properly. I, I don't see them done properly in most places. Like I remember going to watch an intercounty game one day, and I seen this team, and they were doing these oh amazing drills. To be honest, they were some of the best drills I've ever seen. I never even seen them on the athletics tracks when I was competing. And they were so good, so fancy. But then they ran out of it with running mechanics, not sprinting mechanics. 
and they, they didn't know how to sprint. So they were doing all these drills, but never changing into sprint mechanics. So to me, there's three stages of human. This is all my own thoughts now, by the way. It's, so it, you'll probably find books to pull everything apart that I'm saying, but this is how I understand it. There's walking, there's running, and then there's sprinting. And walking to running is really, really distinct. Such a distinct, like you, you can tell a mile away someone's walking, someone's running. And running to sprinting should be the very same. It's so distinct that you can go, oh my God, like, like when you see a sprinter for the first time running properly with proper mechanics, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Like, it's like, whoa. And when I learned how to do it, it's, it's an absolute game changer. But most people, unfortunately, they're just walking, running, right? so we can call it also a sprint session. But they never, they never, they were never sprinting. They were running mechanics, so they put sprint energy into running mechanics, and that can burn so much energy because, like, we walk on the heel, and, and we run on the heel. We jog like we run on the heel because it saves energy, and you know that then paces. It's for going for a long time, but sprinting, you, it's not on the heel. It's on the ball of the foot, and that engages the spring, which is the Achilles tendon and the, and the calf muscle, like, and it. If you land on the heel, you're not loading that spring like, you know, and it's I always give the example like if I gave you 100 kg on a, on a weights bar and if I gave it to you down here, you find it really hard to move it. And the saying with the books is we can only produce what we absorb. OK, so if I give it to you up here and you get to let it down and load the springs, as I call it, and you bang it up. And the very same with the calf and the Achilles. If you're landed on the heel, that's like taking the bar down there. But if you land on the ball of the foot, it engages everything and then you'll power you up off the ground. So sprinting mechanics is massive. It's also less hindsight mechanics, so less kicking back at the ass. And it's frightening that they actually do that as a warm up, bum flex. And you're, you're trying to actually eradicate them and you're trying to recover the heel high to the hamstring while popping the knee to the front, ready to come back into a high knee. And if you haven't recovered the heel properly, you can never get around into a high knee. You'll just chop at the ground right in front of where you were. So the tree drills are, they incorporate the hip cycle. Okay, the hip cycle is what you're trying to learn. It looks like cycling at the hips. Um, so they're high knees, heel recovery drill, and scissor bleeds. And they incorporate all the three stages of the hip cycle, but they're done so differently. So the biggest thing, I suppose, that when I, when I look at, Things that I, when an athlete comes to me, I get them to do high knees. And it's like a dance. It's really fast. It's really fast. And I'm like, but that's not the cadence that you run at. So, it's, you know, they're getting no spring off the ground. They're just, it's just really fast legs. And then if I get them to run, they have to change everything they were doing to run out of it. So then what, so what I do is I get them to slow down to do the drill at the cadence that their stride is. And we'll just do that by watching and observing and making him aware of this is your cadence, okay? So, you know, it might be bum, 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 as opposed to bum, 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 bum. So if we can get that cadence and get him to do the drill at that cadence and develop a lot of air time, because the max speed running is about short ground contact and a lot of time in the air. Whereas acceleration is the opposite. It's about loads of ground contact. You need to ground all the time in acceleration. But as you get faster, then you need less ground contact. So to give the example, a good example that I've heard given is like a bicycle upside down and you're spinning the wheel. Initially, you need loads of contact, loads of contact, and then you speed it up, speed it up, speed it up, and you're barely touching it then. And running's like that with the feet. So getting them to understand the cadence, I suppose, firstly, and then to nail the positions of the drill to nail the positions of it. And that's lovely, then we get good at the drill. But the next part, and the most important part, is to learn how to run out of the drill without changing anything. 
So what we're doing is we're doing a load of drills and then we're ultimately we're trying to change you into a sprinter with sprinting mechanics. So it's doing the drill and coming out of the drill then about 20 meters in sprinting mechanics. And that's a massive, massive, uh, that's a massive improvement when you get it, but it's hard got like. And the same then, the other two drills are just heat recovery, pulling the heat up to the hamstring while popping the knee out to the front to get, to have enough time to come into the high knee. And the last one is scissor visa. And again, running out of volume with sprinting mechanics without changing the body position. Some people do the drill and then they throw the head forward to run out of it. But I want them to come out of it with their, their body should be in the correct position for the drills to come out of it with just using a little more power. And I I worked with you myself, Martin, in 2019 after being with the underdogs, between being with the underdogs and being in with Roscommon. And I, I had my, within a couple of sessions, about maybe five sessions, I had my 20 meter um, speed brought under the under under the inter-county average, my, about two seconds, nearly two seconds off my 60 meter best. And yeah, like, it's it's for people who haven't done or haven't worked with with you or someone like you or 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 tried anything like this, which is most GA players. It, this stuff might seem simple when you're saying it, but it's so alien to to what we do because high we do high knees and we do heel flicks in every warm up since we were a kid, but we do them completely wrong and we we sprint, but we sprint not with any idea of what the right yeah. technique should be, and it's one of those that's very much like. Yeah, it's a case of uh, it, again something that's so fundamental, but we we do we do so badly. Like one of the big things that I found when you when when I was working with you was just kind of those those prompts on like feel and on um, like talking about like your Achilles or your calf and talking about like leading with your head or talking about that hip cycle. That kind of allowed you then to kind of know where to be feeling things or how it should feel because you're learning something completely new. Um, like talk to me a little bit about that and kind of the importance of that more so than than you know a program like because that's that's was was the big learning for me working with you I wanted a program at first to tell me how many nights a week to do this um as opposed to 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 where I got the results in a different way of of thinking yeah and you you had been down that road of programming already because I remember you telling me like you were doing 10 100s on someday we'll just say Monday and a two hundreds on a Wednesday, and to, to me that's just numbers like, like grand. Like okay, we did nine one hundreds then, and we did eleven. Like without changing how you run, it's not going to make any better. And you can do them drills as you said. You're doing them since four years of age, but not done properly, it, it won't change a thing. Like and not not being aware of what it looks like and what it feels like. So I find a big thing as well was to get you, get you doing it, get you doing it as good as we can on the first day and then getting a video and pictures of the key positions and you nailing them and then you know what it looks like and sometimes we need to know what something looks like to to achieve it so i'm nearly tricking you into the position so i can get a picture or video of you doing it and then once you have it you, your body your mind figures out a lot after that but um yeah the, the average intercounty was 3.2 you think you said for 20 meters from stand and start and i think after three sessions you were under under three you know you were 2.98 or something like that and then the 60 went from something like 9.6 seconds if i'm right uh, it's off the top of my head down to like a 7.3 or something which would be a good time um and again we we done what five six sessions none of them over much over an hour maybe an hour and a half because we chat like hell um but all learning nothing intense you could have done it once you get used to it and once you got used to it you could do it three times a week and it wouldn't set you back like you know it doesn't 
you can go out and run them 100s and 200s and you're pushing yourself physically, but you're not going to knock much off your time without changing your mechanics. And like technique to me is so, so important. And I, I learned it as well with boxing. I was boxing for years, kickboxing mostly. And um, I started off and I was all effort and raw power, raw strength and huge determination. And I was just lucky that in, in a lot of my fights, I was able to outlast the other guy. That's all. And he just gave in just a second or two before I did. And then I remember I got on to this guy. He was just so good. It was, he was at one of the shows I was fighting in. I think Darren Flynn from Waterford, another Waterford connection, and he he was unreal. And I watched him, so he was a European champion, and I asked him would he come down and do a bit with me. So he did. He drove down to Offaly, and he absolutely battered me for two days, five rounds each day. But then at the end of the battering, he showed me footwork, he showed me technique, how to whip a punch, how to use leverage, again timing, all these cues that were very similar to sprinting. And they, like, I've heard people say, oh, sprinting is like punching the ground, and it is. But most of them never box and they can't, they don't know exactly why. But when that, I had never knocked out anyone in my career. Like I stopped them by outlasting them, as I said, pressure. But I'd never knocked people out. And that once you learn the technique, it completely changes. You're knocking people out in your sleep. And like then I read Chris Eubank's book, and he talked about standing in front of a bag for an hour a night, or sorry, doing 100 punches of each punch. Per night, because when I started trying the left hook, and I'm getting back now, this is relating to the sprinting. When I started uh, boxing, I couldn't draw a left hook, and I was like, "Oh, my shoulder does not work like that. It's awkward." And it was unorthodox. Then I read you Ben's book about standing and doing a hundred of each punches. Four weeks later, my left hook is my best punch. So the very same with running. When I give people these drills initially, it's so alien to the hip flexors to work that hard and bring the knee up that high, up waist high off the ground. It's so alien. And it's when they're running, it feels awkward. No more than me with left hook. And they're like, oh, that doesn't feel natural. Oh, it feels awkward. And I'm like, you're not going to be fast tonight. That's the first thing I tell everyone. You're not going to be fast tonight. And we, you have to do the repetitions of them drills to let muscles get used to it and it becomes natural. Same as kicking with your left foot in football. I always say this, like, like for sprinting, for some reason, when someone says, oh, I need to get faster, they go, okay, go into the gym. More power is more, more strength than more power, and that's all more speed. But not if you don't change how you run. You could have given me all the weights in the world, but my left hook wouldn't have got better without technique. Your left side in hurling, say, or your left foot in football, if you go and you, you say, my left foot is weak, a good coach will tell you, go to the wall ball or the ball wall, and do a hundred kicks every night with the left and right foot until it becomes natural to you, and it will become natural. They don't send you into a gym and tell you start doing leg extensions, you know, or jump up on a box. It's the very same with, with hurling. You practice your left side after repetition, repetition, till it becomes natural. You don't go in and start doing cables, you know, but for some reason, with the skill of sprinting, and sprinting is a skill, we seem to neglect the skill a lot and the mechanics and send them in to do jumps and squats and split squats and like I was very lucky I was so lucky with sprinting that I was 24 years of age when I learned how to sprint and before that I was kind of in the top five on any hurling team I played on like I was quite fast quite fast um, and then I marked a, an athlete one day he was a 400 meter runner he was from the same club I interpreted with the Tullamore Harriers uh, Hannon Fergal Hannon from Badges Canock, he was hurting with Offaly for a while, and he was a 400 meter runner. And I was marking him, and I, my speed was absolutely like 
totally negated. He he was a rocket and I couldn't get away from him. I just couldn't get away from him. And so he got to every ball before me. And if I did get the ball before him, I went to solo, he just knocked it off my hurl or it was a hurl under my arm. And I had just no space. I just couldn't get away from him. And I was just saying, my God, that's the way to get a hurler. Turn him into an athlete. like. And so um, then when I was 24, I joined the army and well, I joined a bit younger, but at 24, this athletics coach took me under his wing. And he brought me out to the track and he asked me, the, the army races were coming up, we have athletics in the army. And he said, uh, he asked me, was it fast? And I said, yeah, I'm really fast. But, you know, I, I was naive. I didn't know, like, uh, as they say, you don't know what you don't know. Um, so he brought me out and we did a hundred meters and uh, I was quick for the first 40. And then I died of that. I died of that. Not uh, physically, technically broke down. And I was something like 14.2 seconds, which is average, even on the lower side of average. So for six weeks, he did mechanics with me. Just mechanics, teaching me how to sprint, high knees, heel recovery, uh, bounds, strides, all basic enough stuff, but he was really he had a great coach and I. And he was always telling me, that could be a little bit better on the drills. Could be a little bit better. You dropped a bit there near the end. And after six weeks, I went back out and I broke 12 seconds, like I was 11.8, which is okay, like, you know, but it was, I was only new to it. But that was in mm. six weeks. Not a weight lifted, not, not well, like I was doing small bits of weights myself, but they weren't very specific. They weren't for, you know, it wasn't the weights that did it. It was all mechanics, all technique. So when I learned that, like for myself, I just said to myself, my God, I said, that's the way to go. Like, like that's, that's what to chase. That's the low hanging fruit. That's where you'll make the bang, to get the biggest bang for buck, make the biggest improvements. And it was the second time it happened for me because it happened in the boxing first. Nothing changed, didn't change my weight program with the box, but all of a sudden it's got way more powerful with technique. Then I go sprinting, technique, everything changes. So technique to me is it's king, absolute king. And like if someone's hitting their, if they've capped out on, on, their, on their potential with proper mechanics and you're like, right, that's really fast now. Like, then I'd start looking at the gym and external places like, like Jonas Dodu, the, the head of the British athletics team and English rugby speed coach. Like he says that the primary benefits are speed are on a track, running, sprinting. Secondary benefits are got with jumps and plyos. Tertiary is the gym. And then a great speed coach in Ireland, Shane McCormack, Shane's an absolute gentleman, Phil Healy's coach. Shane, I went down to Shane and joined him for a session just to see what he's about because he's a very successful coach. And um, I watched them, they did their hour, hour and a half on the track, bombing up the track, all their drills. They tore up the track then, burned it up. And then for about 20 minutes at the end, they go in and they do their weights. So it's very secondary, tertiary, but I find in GA it's primary way to do with it. It's to fix everything. And I understand it's not sprinting, it's athletics. I understand that, or sorry, it's hurling, it's not sprinting, so there's contact and stuff, but ultimately it's a running game. And the more and more you can get around that pitch, the more efficient you are, the more you save energy, the more you can repeat your sprints. I just think give more time to the skill of it. And you know, like how, how long are you going to spend in the weight room before it's diminishing returns? Like, yeah, you know, you yeah. get a huge bang for buck early and after a while, like, I just don't know, like, and then I'm very cautious with weight, like, like I, I went from middleweight up to heavyweight in boxing, and I, my engine completely went into boxing, and I never broke, uh, never got down on the 11 second mark again with sprinting. Yeah, well, I, I think with a lot of that, Martin, uh, it's a funny one, because, because this is so alien, and because 
as you said, there's low hanging fruit. Uh, a lot of players and teams are getting, and as you experience yourself with the right technique, are getting really quick results, which is great, you know, and it just shows what can be done. But it's also kind of a bit of a, it allows then teams to kind of just give it a bit of time or just small amounts of time to it because in my opinion, like I seen when I was up in DCU in the GA house, we had athletics house beside us and all of those, you know, future Olympians who are training to be, you know, top sprinters and, you know, they're, they're training to run faster and more efficiently the same way as, as we are. Um, obviously our game is, has more things to it, but they, they're still looking for a lot of the similar gains. And the way they train was so different. Like, like the principles that you were talking about was, was that was in the, at the heart of everything that they did, you know, where in the GA, you don't really see that as much. Um, but I suppose that's that's kind of the nature of it. But with the teams that you've worked with, let's say Waterford being the main one, like what were the results that you've seen there in terms of, um, you know, you were with them for a season, so you were able to, you know, for a few seasons, but like in 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 that time, what were the results that you've seen? I said they were brilliant. Um, like if Parry Matley pointed out to me early days, like I was asking him how are you finding it. Like he was he was back a bit late because there's always Bally Gunner flying, and like I think within three weeks Parry broke his PB because I, I was doing a good bit with him individually. He was catching up now. He's very he's very diligent. Like, like you know Parry is all in, so he was probably a great guy to, to have for an example. But he he pointed out to me. He said Martin. Uh, he said everyone here is after breaking their previous best. He said on a cold wet pitch in December down at the back of WIT. He said, not the summer, not with months of training. So to probably at that stage had about six weeks of technique done, you know? Um, there was a good few lads there. Like when I, I think when I went in, like the average was like in most places, it was about 8.5 meters a second. That's the average. The odd day some lad might hit a good run, but the average was kind of 8.5. I think the fastest was Stephen Bennett. He had hit an 8.9. Now that's just going off the previous year scores. Um, the previous SNC sent them on to me. Um, whether that was their best ever or not, I don't know, but that's that's what it gave me and that's what the results were. And I suppose like we, we had a good few lads hitting over 10 meters a second. And I don't know, was there many? I don't know, was there any under 9.7? There was a lot of 9.8, a lot of 9.9, and then the really fast guys were over 10. And you know, I'd say it's frightening how many of them would have been over 10 if I speed tested them often, but I didn't. Like, I think I speed test them maybe twice a season. I'd get them to actually go flat out. A lot of my training is at 90%. And that's what athletes do as well. You do a lot of 90% unless you're on a time trial or you're on a race. That, then it's 100%. So a lot of it's at 90% because it, I, I like it to be fast enough but slow enough that you can control it all and do it really, really well. And I'm working on efficiency more than I'm working on speed. I think efficiency is way more important than speed in the, in the game. Because we all talk about max speed, but after 10 minutes, you are going to hit your max speed. You're someone dragging out of you. You're running when you're tired. You're not going to hit your max speed. You're going to be at 90% all day at best. And that's what all the match reports tell. And it's, the match reports also say that the high speed running is an average of 35 meters. So this 10 meter thing, oh, I want to be fast over 10 meters. That's gone. Like these are running off the shoulder up and down that pitch all day. And it's at 90%. So I train at 90%. I want to make our 90% faster than anyone else's and our 90% real easy on us that you can repeat and repeat it. And I like that's a few of them came back to me and I'd often ask them, what do you think? How are you finding it? Uh, just to get a feel for it. And they'd often say to me, do you know what's really surprised me is how easy it's making a run for me. And that's what I like. I think that's more important than the max speeds. But the max speeds were brilliant. And I'd say if I speed, like in most environments, 
most places, like they, they will do max speeds one night a week. I was just conscious because the load was quite high as it is. And all intercounty wasn't any different in Waterford. The load is quite high. And I just didn't want, I was very conscious of injuries because I know what it means to these lads. And like I often pictured if, if you know, if I was Max Speed testing them and someone got injured just because the load is so high, they'd be sitting beside me in the stand then watching the Monster Championship game. And they'd be saying like, oh, yeah. geez, I wish, I, I said to me, I wish I was out there. What am I going to turn them and tell them? It's okay, don't worry about it. You ran 10 meters a second last week. Like, yeah. you know, so keeping them fit to hurl, that's the most important thing. Keep the most important thing, the most important thing. So I'd say, I'd say it's frightening how many of them would have been over, over 10. There's yeah. a good few over 10, but I'd say nearly all of them would like it was 9.8, 9.9 and 90, 95% like running. With that, with that um, so, so when you're, when you're talking about, the, you know, how you don't want to train them, you know, constantly for max speed, because in a game you're not hitting max speed all the time or, very rarely to be honest um and you're trying to get guys at 90 percent. but the reality is with a lot of training we probably don't we definitely don't train guys even at 90 percent. We, we might look for 100 percent effort but we don't train guys running for 90 percent. so like what what's what's the thoughts on on that even because like yeah like if you were to go down to your average inter-county training session not to mind club training sessions um like yeah most of the training is not is not even really above 80 percent at pace it's, it's kind of more for endurance but then at the same time as you said if you can get if you if you have a guy who's playing at 90 percent all the time like i'm thinking in my head if i could play a game running around at 90 percent consistently and efficiently like yeah, that's very hard to stop like no matter how fast your 90 percent is that's just very hard to stop yeah and that's the tempo of the game like like for hurling especially like that's why i don't like these mass runs whatsoever you know i think see a lot of people love numbers and they love numbers because it gives you a sense of control that you're in control and you can really direct it and we're hitting 90 meters in 15 seconds and 15 seconds recovery and again to me that's just numbers like i i want to train at the tempo of the game and i want to get real good and comfortable in that tempo and like i learned that again the harder way with, with boxing you know i often sparred my brother getting ready for a fight and it wasn't at the tempo of the fight it was just off it just off it and then you went to fight and you're like you're someone who's trying to take your head off and that takes so much more energy and like god i didn't train at the right tempo at all i just think as well that with these the, the master ones like like the you fall apart and the technique goes goes to shit like uh, you know and i i, I just I, like i'd be doing so much on mechanics mechanics and they're running brilliant running brilliant it's a, at the tempo of the game that that speed you're running off the shoulder and then it goes into master runs 20 runs and falling apart technique goes out the window you know i just I, it's not for me i put it that way it's not for me one of the things that talking to you about this before i know we've spoken about this before uh, that i found from my own experience was that running a lot of mass runs and like teams train like mass runs consistently now at county level club level like i found that it made me uh, very good at mass runs but it made me a very conservative athlete and I was saying that to the last day like I felt very conservative I felt like I knew how to get through mass runs to be top three in nearly every mass run and if somebody really pushed pushed it out they'd win it but I'd be in the top three and then if no one really pushed but I'd always be there but like that you don't play sport with a with you know someone holding you holding you back so um yeah like I'd agree with you with the with the mass run stuff Jesus, it's one of the best, and you said it last day, and it hit me like a train. It's one of the best 
ways I've ever heard it described. Like I think like these athletes, you should be training them to have complete abandon and fearlessness and going for everything, like all in all the time. That's a lovely quote that I like to use, all in all the time. And Master was just saying none of that. And it also energy, like, like you say, go, and they're gone 19 years now away from you. Everyone in their own zone, in their own head, not talking, no energy. And then they wait down there for 15, uh, off down, 15, you know, 90 meters away. Then you say, go again, and they come back. So the next time they're in front of you, they're resting, hands on the knees, breathing. And then they're gone for, again, it's just, to me, it's just so scattered. And I like, that's why I'd love to use boxing. Like, you know, firstly, I love boxing because of what it does mentally for you. You know, it really, really teaches your resilience and that bit of fight and aggression. You're practicing that. And then the guy on the pads is roaring in your face. So it's chaos. And the game is chaos. Like, like you see that first 15 minutes of championship, it's chaos. So the more you can put yourself in that environment, for me, the better. And it won't take you by surprise on the day and you're just so used to it. So I love that for fitness. And the energy is huge. They're right in front of you. You're on them. They're on you. It's absolutely brilliant for energy. And then... If you want a few physical reasons for it, all my boxer friends, like the best of them there, they do a 10K in 31 minutes. Like I know people running all their life and they don't get to that level of fitness. Like they're the best guys I know that run regular and they're good runners, they feature well in road races, 33, 32. These guys are in 31. They're running one day a week. One of them, Brian Brosnan, for world champion kickboxer and Irish level, like national level boxer. Uh, a great friend of mine, he's, he, he took 10k in 31 minutes, him and Roy Sheehan, and I remember the head guy over the athletics in the army saying to me, sure the best runners are in the army out and running. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, the boxers. He said, Brian K and Roy Sheehan, they're doing the 10k in 31 minutes, running one day a week, just one day a week going out doing the 10k, 31 minutes, it's phenomenal. Like, you know, so the conditioning from boxing yeah. is huge, but mentally what it does as well. One of the big things I, I like when with that idea of doing the your kind of endurance training as boxing is that like you're obviously your legs are fresh and then that that would obviously allow you to train in season because from my experience you know like you you come into the championship time of year and like you're especially at senior and at minor at under 21 I found especially county under 21 level like it, it is game to game to game and it runs really quickly so you kind of pick up uh, fitness and then you kind of just run through the season but with with a longer season and you've got a longer period of championship it's very hard to maintain fitness without doing any kind of heavy load and where teams don't want to do heavy load because they're trying to keep fresh but if you can get heavy load without ha hammering the legs that sounds like it makes sense mm, yeah like uh, some people front load so much and then as the season goes on like i think they're actually going back the way a lot of the time like I think every two weeks should be getting two weeks better, two weeks better, two weeks stronger. And I've often noticed, and especially in club there, you'd meet a team in the first round and then you meet them and they're like, they give you a great game. And then you meet them later on in the year and they're not half the team. And like, because you have to pull back a lot when running is your only mechanism of, of fitness and conditioning. Whereas the boxing, like I, I, like as the season goes on, like I box a team like right up to championship, like maybe to choose the night before a championship game on a Saturday or Sunday. I do three, four rounds of boxing with the team, bring them to failure, keep the lungs guessing and like the, the energy in the group, you feel brilliant. I remember coming close to fights and you'd be told not to run, not to train three, four days. And I used to feel sluggish going into fight. 
Do you know, even mentally, stopping training yeah. like that did a lot of damage to me. I think mentally you need to keep training, you know? With Waterford, would you have done that with them? Like, because they were one of the yeah. hallmarks of their team was that they were so fresh. So it looked oh, like. Yeah. Well, I suppose in year three, uh, I think the, 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 um, what do you call it? the narrative is that they were burnt out in year three, but I don't think that at all. I think one bad game changed the whole season. You know, Stephen Bennett, I've heard him say that. It's very true. But, oh, yeah, we like, look, they looked very fresh in year one anyway. And like, we were boxed them on a Tuesday night coming up to any game, like 100%. But then, look, you have to give Mikey Bevins credit for that. And we were talking about bravery earlier. And Mikey's brave enough to do his own thing and trust his own gut. And he's never too far wrong with it, you know. Him and Liam, in fairness, like they were the first team to really see the work in the running mechanics and chase that. And then Asus, the running game too. And then using the boxing as a tool as well. Like, what's the many teams doing it? A good few doing it now. A lot of teams using boxing now, actually, but they were pioneers and they had the bravery to do it. And if you're going to ask yeah. players to be brave, you better be brave as a coach and a manager too. When I, when I say fresh, probably not even the right word. I just think energy. Like, there was a lot of energy still there. Like, you can be fresh in your legs, but, like, and you have energy in it. And, and they just seem like a very energetic team. Like, uh, even like all Ireland semi-finals, finals, they were just bursting out of the, the blocks. Like So mm. when you were saying that, it makes sense. Were, were they doing it right up to, to knockout stages of the All-Ireland? Oh, yeah, yeah, right up to, yeah, right before, even, even before the semi-final with Kilkenny, like choosing night before it. And she looked, see, I think there's this narrative out there nowadays that we're made of glass, you know, and our glutes are all asleep and recovery is more important than training and, I don't think so at all. Like, look at that. I've often said this to you, Eamon. I see recruits joining the army there, and you know, they, they can't run a kilometre. Uh, you can't run a kilometre, and what? 16 weeks later, three months, four months later, they're going over a mountain with no sleep and their own weight in a backpack. And they're unbreakable, you know, and the, the, the level you can get the human to, and if you don't convince them, he's made of glass. You know, so that was done at Waterford. Uh, you're right, and they were energetic, but they were also super, super fit. Like, like they were super fit, and they're mad. <laughs> that goes a long way too. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, talk to me about some of the, the the individuals you worked with. Like, I find um, the likes of a party Clifford really interesting, just in terms of even the time. And like, you look at the year that him and David had last year, where they literally won everything they could win individually and collectively as a team and you know he's coming down doing sessions with you um you know you've got you know obviously Bonner back one of the original guys you know like he's he's just known for he's what what an animal of a of, of a competitor he is and then Aaron Galan you know top herder like Aaron like like talk to me about those kind of those guys and and what stood out for me what stood out for you about them so I suppose geez, they're so they're all so unique but you know they're 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 so um driven so driven like like it was funny with party like party messaged me i think three years ago four years ago actually at this stage but it was three years we were talking about it and planning it and i just seen it you know he was so persistent and you could just see that relentlessness and it carries over into his game as well like you know just relentless and he yeah he dropped down like three hours and he was like a sponge he was just like a sponge, you know, he was down for them two hours and he was getting the most out of it. You know, he was absolutely and a workhorse, you know, and Galan and Galan was funny, you know, because Galan's personality is, 
he's quite soft and he's a little like this little soft handshake and gentle walk, gentle voice came out and my family and the mother, oh, he's a lovely lad. And then he's an assassin on the pitch, like he's cold, you know, he will, you know, you know what he's like, Harlan, the gentleness is gone. You know, it's all of a sudden there's this savage and he's a pure assassin, I think he is. And um, he was, he was very impressive to work with because I just thought there was this cool air about him, like, you know, he was just very confident and it was like he, he I just got the feeling if I told him to jump off the goalpost, it would have made him quicker, he would have done it. He didn't question anything, you know, and he um, he got it so, so good. He was so good from session to session. We did about three or four sessions and how he improved between session to session. He just had a great uptake, great understanding and quite natural and stuff. And, then, you know, it was good with him because we actually got to work on more than just the mechanics. We actually worked on how to bring it into his game. So we work on how to get out to that corner, the way he does his runs, how to win the ball and how to give a sell how to get a sell and like we did it over and over till I believed it so I was tracking him and if I didn't believe it I was like no sorry and then we just kept at it and then if he sold me he sold me and I try and get after him but he, he was gone like you know and we did a lot of actually a lot of sprinting with ball on hurl as well like to try and carry the mechanics into the game that's the last stage of what I do I bring it into the game you know I, do, I call it drive for five head down pump for five steps and then ball on the hurl and come into some form of uh of a higher stride, you know, um, with frontside mechanics. So that was very interesting getting to work with him. He was a, he's a, he's an interesting guy. And and what were kind of the benefits with him? So like when someone like Aaron Gillan comes to you, multiple All Ireland winner, multiple All Star, looking for improvements. <laughs> like, but again, obviously a lot of this running technique is is still alien to him. So like, uh, you'd imagine like working with someone like that, there's very little to improve with him. But but I'd imagine maybe I'm wrong. But I'd imagine that the same kind of uh, low-hanging fruit was there as with everyone else. You know, it's, it's just funny you ask that because I remember during the session, like, you know, about an hour into it, and I asked him, well, what do you think? And he just looked disgusted. He shaking his head, and I said, oh, he goes, Jesus, I'm like, I've been at top level hurling, you know, for years now, he said, and I've never run as fast as I've run today. And he just couldn't get over how simple it was, how, how easy, not easy. But how simple it was, you know, he said like he's been jumping on boxes and throwing all sorts of weights on his back and he's never learned to run. And he got it really good. Like I sent you a video of, of him from beginning to end of the first session. And like in the beginning, I asked him to run as hard as he could well, at 95 percent. I always go at 95, 90 to 95 um, of, of his sprinting. And you can see it was pure running mechanics. There's this short stride, he's coming back, kicking the ass. The leg is barely getting back. And a few markers I use, like legs passing pre-touchdown, just on touchdown, figure four in mid-stance. You know, there's a few certain markers like that and separation then on, on that toe-off. A few markers like that. And if an athlete's hitting them, he's going to be a good bit faster, generally. Just the odd guy like Stephen Bennett, and he hit none of the markers, but you don't touch him. You know, the guy that's, so don't fix it if it's not broke. I'm a firm believer in that. So the guy's already quick. I just let him go. Like Stephen used to ask me, am I doing it right? And I said, it doesn't matter. I said, like, we'll worry about you when people start to catch you. You know, because he was, he was really quick. Like, but um, yeah, in that, you have that clip, like by the end of the glance coming out like a train and it's sprinting mechanics. And that shows the difference, you know. But again, he was very, uh, very in tune. He was able to pick it up quite fast. Yeah, yeah. And and with Galan, like, uh, and all of these players you worked, would you say that 
like he was one of the players who had the biggest improvement and and who would you say was the fastest person you've worked with so far oh you know Conor Miller was very interesting too he was very very he was determined he was relentless on learning it but he loves learning he loves learning he loves fitness so you know he was just so interested in it and he was one of my first in the modern kind of game that got in touch um Gillan probably the most improvements I'd say I definitely say so um and the fastest was without without Shane Kingston you know Shane and Sean Donahue messaged to come down and do a session and you know they were characters it was like they were just down to compete against each other and to compete against every other athlete that had got a time with me you know there was just this boldness in them that I really liked you know and he ran a 6.93 for a 60 meter and uh, then he would have been a training at the end of the session. He ran a 6.66. And um, I remember posting on my Instagram that upset a lot of athletes. They were giving me an awful lot of grief over it. Like, your gates are broken. Why are you lying? And I was like, I'm sorry. He's that fast. I'm really sorry. I know you've been doing this all your life, but he's that fast. And like, I think some of the best athletes, they're, some of them are like, they're in GAA. It's like some of the best sprinters in the world. They're not in the Olympics, they're playing NFL. You know, they were they were swiped. There's something like 70, 67, 70% of the draft is picked from college track athletes. Like, you know, and the people think like, oh, he got fast doing all the ladders. I watched him in his NFL training. And I'm like, no, no, he got fast with proper mechanics bombing down the track from probably the age of 12 or 14. And he got picked because he's fast. And he's probably not as fast now because he's had to put on muscle for the game. He's had to work on agility, power. He's to work on a lot more things. But when he was just doing speed, and, you know, it's funny with Kingston, <laughs> just, just that boldness I'm talking about. You know, I uh, I, said, I sent him a message and I said, she should get me a lot of grief here from the athletes. And he said to me, tell him if they're not careful, I'll go over and skin them. <laughs> skin them like it's <laughs> like it's skin a cornerback in Ireland. Like. I just thought it was hilarious, and he probably would as well. That's the frightening thing. He was a rocket. You can see that in his game, though. Like, and it, yeah. without like a six nine three with no training, like that's phenomenal. Now, the the only thing I will say with with that time, he's not using blocks, and there's no reaction to a gun. That will slow you down point two or three, but he'd still be around the seven mark or underneath, and the blocks would really till you learn them. But once you learn them, they'll actually benefit you. So, he's a freaking yeah, prospect, yeah. Mark. I like to see the water, like even this Waterford, like, you know, I knew, like, even with the speed they had and all, and every time he got the ball, I was like, we're in trouble. You know, that natural pace is hard to beat, like, like yeah. you, can, you can get a lad really, really fast, but these natural, like Stevie Bennett as well, like, and yet, like, I'd be afraid to touch them, you know, I'm just like, oh no, you, you just go, heard a frightening one, like some golfer, and the guy came in and, oh, I can improve your swing and whatever you done, you man never got a swing back for about eight years, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose between the different stuff we've we've spoken there about in terms of the, the the kind of technique fundamentals and the types of drills that you do and the the approach to it, um, obviously there's there's a lot of the the kind of core stuff that you would do if somebody turned up and and trained with you as we as we asked earlier. But like, what's the key message you would have? Um, just as a final question, what's the key message you would have for someone who who turns up at a session with you thinking they're not that fast? Like, what's the, the, the key kind of message to kind of get into their minds and, and, and unlock it? Yeah, um, like, firstly, I don't think you can say you're not fast if you've never learned how to sprint. You know, I think that's the, that's the first thing. 
so improving, like get their awareness of that firstly. And a lot of the time, it's a lot of these athletes I find they can be a bit beaten down, you know, a bit like, oh, you're not fast and told that for years. And it can, their, their confidence can be an issue, you know. Um, so convincing them like that the power is not in the program, the power is in the person and that they're capable of so much. And once they learn these mechanics, like, and get out of their own way, that they're often rockets. Like, I remember with you, Eamon, like, you you were actually holding yourself back. Because you, like, you, you were so, so diligent, and you wanted, to, like me, you wanted to know the why for everything, but you wanted to be perfect on everything. That in the end, that was actually holding you back slightly. Like, you were doing your time trial then and asking me, how was it? And I said, it doesn't matter how it was now. This is performance now. And performance isn't a talent minus interference. And the interference is all the questions, all the thoughts. So, like, you actually had to drop how much you were you were thinking of the, of the technique. And I was like, whatever has stuck now has stuck. It's like Bruce Lee said, learn it all, all the skill, and then forget it when it comes to performance. Just go out and perform. And once we did that and we told you, like, this is effort and power now and belief. And, like, you burst it all your times after that. Like, so a lot of times, giving the athlete even, like, giving them, obviously, the tools, giving them the skill of running, but then trying to give them the instill a bit of belief in them and, like, you're not slow. Like, you know, I think that's a massive factor. Like, I didn't get fast. I swear, like, this is crazy, but I didn't get fast at all until my dad pointed out to me that I was fast. He was like, you don't know how fast, how strong you are. And look, and you're like, am I fast? And then you start to believe it then. When you start to believe in something, it multiplies it. I've always found that, like, I think I keep I, uh, energy and belief are two massive things to me, though, within sport anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was the the big thing from 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 talking with you. That, like, for me, was just that that idea that like the technique and everything is so important, and and like your sprint sprint and train and everything is very important. But like your mindset to coaching and your mindset to learning, um, is is you know is, that's 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 equally important. So hopefully we've got we've got that those two pillars kind of uh, covered in here as much as we can. But for this year, we'll be keeping an eye out on the tip twenty ones and the the Offaly miners and, and seeing how they're getting on and how fast they're, they're moving and how fresh and efficient they're looking. And you've, we've also got a lot of people have you on Instagram um, and you can see a lot of the stuff that you're, that you're putting up and a lot of your kind of your beliefs and mindsets across lots of different sports. But thanks so much for your time, Martin. And uh, yeah, really appreciate it. And lots of learning in there. Yeah, just as well, the, the final thought, I'm just after thinking as you were saying it, if you were asking me to sum it up, I think that's what you were asking me and I did a poor job on it. I always kind of say if I could get the three things, if I can get the athleticism and speed of a sprinter, if I can give them the discipline and the relentlessness of, a, of the army like a soldier, and then if you can give them the, um, what is or the heart, the heart and the condition of the fire. I think that's a fair prospect if you can get, if you can put them three imprints into someone. And I suppose there are three massive influences that I've had. So it's probably all I can do with someone anyway. It's all I know. So yeah. Ian, thanks a million. It's been a pleasure. The first guest on your podcast, you're a great friend of mine. And I always say, it turns out that I learned more from you than you did from me. And thanks a lot. I don't know about that, but yeah, thanks a million, man. Down there, man.